Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Thrive Co-Living podcast and YouTube broadcast. Thrive Co-Living is a new concept in creative community building. Sustainable, multicultural, multi-generational, and inclusive, Thrive Co-Living communities are built from repurposed big box stores or other suitable buildings. In this series, myself, Jennifer Hooper, and Thrive founder, Mark Stein, will weave together the tapestry that makes up the physical and spiritual components of this new concept in community living. Now on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Thrive Co-Living show. I've decided to call it a show instead of a broadcast. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> uh, I made that executive decision before we hopped online. My name is Jennifer Hooper and I am here with Mark Stein and we are the co-hosts of this show. Mark, how are you? I'm doing really well. Just got back down to St. Pete, so I'm oh. very so today we are talking about mediation and it's just the two of us. You are both the co-host and the guest <laughs> doing double do duty. You could do that. Awesome. So, <clears throat> you know, we've talked in a few of the past episodes, we've sprinkled in the topic of mediation a couple of times, but I think now is a great opportunity to take a deeper dive and uh, let people know uh, what you can do what thrive is planning on doing and let's just start by uh explaining what mediation is and you said before we even started recording that it's different from arbitration so if you could explain those two terms that would be a great place right they're often used interchangeably and and they're not the same thing so uh, um i'll start with arbitration arbitration is a process that allows two people to resolve their dispute using a neutral or a panel of neutrals who then render a decision after each side makes their case. Okay. So it's a win-lose process. Uh, uh, both sides are not winning and usually one side or both sides end up unhappy. Hmm. So that's arbitration. And small claims court could also be considered a form of arbitration. Uh, you've got a judge who is making a decision, it, the arbitrator. So <clears throat> mediation is a voluntary, in almost all cases, confidential process that allows two or more parties to resolve their dispute in a mutually agreeable way using a third party, neutral third party mediator to facilitate an agreement between the parties. So, um, and I'll go, I'll go into the process and how it works in a bit, but so mediation is a win-win process. Nothing happens in mediation that's not agreeable to the two or more parties. So the facilitator is working towards agreement. Okay, awesome. I'm, my brain is processing. I'm thinking about divorce mediators and I'm like, does everybody win? <laughs> but a judge will, if, if there is no agreement, then in that case, a judge would make a final decision. Is that right? Correct. Either okay. on an issue or two, or if the whole thing falls apart um, uh, on, on the, the entirety of it. 
but okay. mediation is is dramatically successful no. um, in the process that I use. It is successful 95% of the time when That's people amazing. agree to walk in the door. So it almost always works. And that includes people that are court ordered to go into mediation. Wow. So, and they're not going in very, uh, very agreeably and willingly in those cases. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> it almost always that. works. And it's because there's usually, there's usually something in the middle that does work for both parties. Okay. So that's, that's why. And, and is it one of those things where each party tends to get myopic in their perspective and the mediator can have that objectivity to find that middle ground? Yes, that's part of it. And the skill of the mediator is definitely mm -hmm. part of it. But it's mainly the process that really opens up dialogue and helps them find solutions. All of them find solutions uh, where they would not ordinarily. Wow. Very cool. How did you get started in this business? You've been a mediator for quite some time, right? Yes, uh, let's see, almost 40 years. Um, I know that it's you hard to You got some mad skills then. <laughs> I know you must it's have started when you were five. Right, I did. Yes. Actually, uh, I am the oldest of three boys in a dysfunctional family, was a dysfunctional family. So I did mediate a lot yeah, I bet you did. Um, amongst all of them, including my parents. So, <laughs> um, so I was undergraduate, I was heading towards law school and uh, I went to Vanderbilt in Nashville, decided uh, once I was admitted into several law schools that I did not wanna go and that I would be one of those very unhappy lawyers uh, of which there are thousands, if not millions out there. <laughs> right. uh, but they get too invested uh, in the education and don't feel like they can give it up. Right. So it also was right around the time of the movie Paper Chase and the book 1L. I don't know if you remember that, but it was a, uh, it definitely talked me out of it, uh, oh, out okay. of going. And um, so I did some other things. I was uh, involved in solar energy uh, at the time. And then um, I discovered mediation in the community outside of Louisville uh, in Southern Indiana and a fledgling mediation program. And I started working with them a not-for-profit and we mediated community disputes, neighborhood, landlord, tenant, uh, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And then also criminal cases, um, which sounds unusual to most people who yeah, uh, <laughs> when they hear surprised it, surprised me. Uh, for mostly property crimes, but some physical crimes, um, we would get the victim and offender together again voluntarily, and the victim got a chance to have their questions answered. Uh, the offender got a chance to explain the situation. Usually, it was young first offenders, property crimes, and um, then. Uh, the, the victim would be able to unload and say, this is how it's affected me. My child still will not sleep in her bed after this mm -hmm. has happened. Um, gives the offender a chance to apologize if they are remorseful. We never tried to force it. And then they negotiate a restitution agreement. 
um, where the the offender will repay or sometimes work for the offender uh, for the victim, oh, excuse wow. me, and uh, to pay back the debt. And the restitution in mediated cases is usually right around 90%. And it's okay. more like 30% for court ordered restitution. So very successful. Wow. And it sort of builds a bond between the parties uh, where usually they didn't know each other, where a bond had not, or, or a relationship had not existed, but usually builds a bond. Yeah. Wow. So it's pretty cool. That's a huge difference, 30% to 90%. It's all about approach and finding that middle ground. And personalizing the process so mm. that the offender has some, some knowledge of, this, of these people. They're not just strangers um, in a, an empty house. They're other human beings, just like they are. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. And it's part of a, a broader concept uh, that was actually created during the time I started doing it. And it's now pretty big. It's called a movement called restorative justice. Uh, our justice system is based more on retribution and punishment than mm -hmm. on restitution and reparation. So this restorative justice movement started and uh, victim offender mediation was a big part of that. Wow. To try to restore all parties yeah. and not just punish. That's brilliant. That's awesome. So I understand that you have written a book about mediation. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So back in 96, I wrote a how-to, a very quick read, sort of along the lines of the One Minute Manager series, oh, if yeah. you remember that. Um, a how-to on mediation. It takes two cases, a community case and an employment case, and walks the reader through the mediation process with those two cases. Oh, so nice. Um, nice little book. And I looked recently and it is still on Amazon. It's called Resolving Conflict Once and For awesome. All. And it was uh, in 96. So if anybody's it's still applicable today, yep. Everything that was in that book then we could pick up and use right now. Absolutely, no difference between how a community dispute and an employment dispute would play out. Oh my gosh, or the process. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, let's see. Before we hopped online, you told me about a TV show that you were on. And I don't want to be the spoiler, so you tell us, because I think it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay, it was pretty fun. Um, back when, do you remember when the talk shows got crazy and people started throwing chairs, uh, Geraldo? Like, um, yeah, yeah, there was another um, one. Mon so, yeah, um, Mori, Mori Povich, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So no, no, there was another one. And then there was, was really, Donahue, but I don't think anyone threw show. Uh, no, no, he was very civil. Anyway, yeah. it was when they started going crazy. Um, I got invited to mediate the first cases on national TV on Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, and, bruh, that's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yep, and amazing. actually, it was it was a big deal because um, that was the first episode when she had lost a lot of weight 
for the first time. I mean, she's done it now. She's done it a thousand <laughs> More times. than once, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same 20 pounds. But anyway, so there were a lot of people watching. And um, nice. so I, I was asked to mediate two cases, two criminal cases, because that's mm -hmm. what I had done, was doing at the time. And uh, one was a carjacking case. And the other was a case, a manslaughter case, where a man had killed the woman's husband um, and the woman and the man who killed her husband met. So it was oh, two cases. Wow. <laughs> and um, because of everything, I'll just tell you a little bit about it because it was kind of interesting and fun looking back on it, not at the time. But um, because the shows, talk shows were getting out of hand, I did not want to be a witness or a bystander mm. for something going crazy. So I got an agreement with the producer that I was there to mediate and to show the mediation process. And I had done dozens of even big presentations in front of large audiences where I pulled two people out of the audience and mediated a mock dispute. Oh, okay. um, in about 10 minutes. So I had done it for audiences and thought it would be effective. So he said, yes, that's what I want you to do. I get there. I actually, my flight was canceled the night before. I fly right in uh, to Chicago, go right and go right to the set. They're just about ready to take. And I asked, I had also gotten a guarantee that I could talk to Oprah before the show to sort mm -hmm. of work things out. Here's what mm -hmm. I was going there to do. Well, evidently nobody gets to talk to Oprah. Uh, so I go on and we start the show and this was the carjacking case. No, 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 this was the, uh, the, the manslaughter case. And, I, and I'm knee to knee with this uh, woman whose husband had been killed by the man sitting at the other knee. Ooh. And um, so Oprah starts doing what she does, which is not mediation. And she starts antagonizing this guy who has killed this woman's husband. Mm. And he's vibrating next to me. I feel his heat and his leg jumping. And I, after a, what seemed like 10 minutes, it probably was just a minute. I said, excuse me, Oprah, but in mediation, we do this and I started mediating mm. and I'll never forget. She's right over here off camera flailing and silently cursing. What in the hell? Get this guy off of here. No um, kidding. It was crazy. And I'm trying to mediate and hold it together. And it wasn't until the first commercial break that they unhooked me. I went and talked to her and she said, and I said, you know, this is what I was asked to do. Do mm -hmm. you want to do it? Would you like me to do it? She said, oh, I didn't know. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. And it smoothed out oh, um, after that. Then uh, another quick You had story. to mediate Oprah. Oh, nobody <laughs> mediates Oprah. Um, second group comes on. And they're, they're about, they run these, these shows like they're live. Um, mm -hmm. We're just just the period of the commercial break, and then they bring you back on. So there are about 20 people 
that swarm swarm you, powdering you down, adjusting your microphones, bringing the other the next group in. This was the carjacking case, and at the countdown of six, the producer swoops in front of me, gets this close in front of me, and goes, "In this case, there's a discrepancy about the gun." And then two, one, and he's gone. So fortunately, I didn't have the expression on my face that I felt, which is, what? What are you talking about? Right, no kidding. And there was a big discrepancy about the facts, but in mediation, it really doesn't matter what the facts are. You can still have a resolution, even if you don't agree on the facts. So we did resolve okay. it. Afterwards, the producer came up and said, you know, that was great. I really liked the way you and Oprah were pulling and tugging at each other like you did. And I said, you know, if I weren't I, to myself, yeah. if I weren't a mediator, I would pop him. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So Are these crazy. show is this show like on YouTube somewhere? Like, can we go find it? I don't know. Um, Love to see I used that. to have a short clip on yeah. a mediation site, but I, I don't, huh. I would suspect I want- not. It was... 90, 90. No, you never four. know. There's lots of old stuff out there. Maybe Not so. That that's old, but you know. <laughs> yeah, Google Mark Stein. That's right. Oprah gets mediation. killed by Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is such a great story. Yeah, it was crazy. So, what are some of the other um, maybe uh, unique or um, unusual cases that you've mediated over the years? Yeah, um, early on when I was doing the criminal cases um, in rural Southern Indiana, um, two of them stand out. And one of them was a little guy and he had tried to kill a coworker. Not very seriously, but it was- This is why I work alone. And he was a little skinny guy, and he came in packing a pistol that was a long nose something, and in a holster, and the no, the the barrel went down below his knee, so he's sort of oh he's God. sort of a Don Knotts <laughs> Barney fight kind of character, yeah, swaggering into the mediation, and I said, you know. We really don't allow guns in mediation. Wow. It's not a tool. <laughs> and he very pleasantly took it and put it in his pickup truck, I'm sure. Oh, no kidding. Um, and then the other one that comes to mind uh, was the one that was the closest that really came to violence uh, in mediation. And it was a dispute between a minister and his mother over property and he was verbally abusing his mother in the mediation, despite my a request, a minister. <laughs> and, and when I made it clear to him that I was not going to mediate under those conditions, he charged me. And oh, no fortunately, kidding. I had a door to the hallway from my office, and I was able to give him the heave-ho, and that was wow. the end of that. So out of... 40 years of mediating, the closest I come to violence with anybody, especially myself, was a minister. Was a minister. So, <laughs> go figure. But You've then, had some great and, stories. My goodness. Oh, they're, 
Yeah, uh, lots of them. And I should point out that after I left that not-for-profit, I started a private mediation practice uh, for about 25, 30 years. I still do some mediation and I mediated uh, business disputes. So commercial mm -hmm. business disputes, employment disputes and divorce and custody uh, disputes mm -hmm. and did some conducted some training really um, all over the world. So it was, it was a pretty fun period. I don't mean, to, I'm not laughing at you, but a little snout, a little nose might have popped up in the video. The dog is right here at my side. It's the <laughs> he beauty wants to of make Zoom. an appearance on Thrive, the Thrive Show. Hey, um, we're, we're pet friendly. At I Thrive, know, so. I know, exactly. Bring so let's switch gears a little bit and talk more about Thrive and how you can imagine or how you're foreseeing mediation um, being an important part of that environment. That you're creating right so you know it doesn't take much imagination to think about the types of of interpersonal conflicts that can arise when you get 50 to 100 families together uh in close quarters especially especially during covid but even normally yeah. there'll be there'll be pet issues um, there'll be noise issues. There'll be all sorts of things when you get that many personalities together. So I really think that mediation needs to be a cornerstone uh, of, the, of the, uh, the place. So what I, what I envision is that we would offer training to anyone within the community who would like to get mediation training. And it's a couple of evenings uh, to okay. be able to do community types of disputes and then have people um, volunteer to resolve disputes within the community. So it doesn't um, require a law degree or going to college. It really is just a little bit of time. Right. That's amazing. And actually, I find that the quality of mediators is inversely proportionate to their level of education of formal That's education fascinating. wow if you want to see really good mediation go to the fourth grade uh wow. peer mediation and oh, watch awesome. kids do it because <laughs> adults adults they want to do therapy they want to yeah. do regression they want to do all sorts of things other than just mediation so um and and we probably should touch on i'll finish talking about thrive but we should touch okay. on the process itself because it okay. is very simple and, and I think it's compelling. But anyway, so uh, mediating those disputes and there'll be some people that would not be viewed as neutral uh, because they're too friendly with one side or the other. So okay. uh, having a group of people that we can choose from that would be considered neutral is important. And then you know, we're always looking for sustainability with, mm -hmm. within Thrive and producing not just a bunch of consumers. So, you know, with the aquaponics and other gardening. So I envision that if it catches on and this is compelling for a group of people that, you know, are social service oriented, retirees, really lots of people would, would enjoy it and would find it rewarding. Um, for reasons that I'll talk about.
but I envisioned that we might uh, offer our services to the larger community and mm. do it for a fee, certain mm. types of disputes for a fee, certain ones, uh, neighborhood disputes probably free as, as just a service to the community, and then have it be a revenue stream for Thrive and my vision is to equally split the the fee with the mediator so it can be a, okay. a revenue source for the community and the individuals. So, okay, when you a, say the community, to... do you mean the Thrive community or do you mean the community outside of Thrive community or both? No, a revenue source for Thrive and okay. the individuals, yeah. but, a, but a service to the broader community. Nice, okay, fantastic. I love that idea. <laughs> and then we're we're helping, we're we're being good neighbors. We're helping absolutely uh, bring peace to the community, to the mm -hmm. larger community, yeah, and ours. It's great. So um, let's loop back to what you were saying about what is the process of mediation. What does that look like? Sure, and there are different models out there. Uh, I used use a hybrid model. Um, and so here's how it works. Uh, as a mediator, I would first ask agreement on some ground rules to make sure it's held in a civil manner. And those items are agreeing to refrain from interrupting each other while the other is speaking, refrain from name calling, finger pointing, verbally abusive language, especially with your mother, uh, if you're in dispute <laughs> with your mother, ministers. Um, <laughs> And uh, so that you're, you're setting the, the groundwork for uh, communication that's positive and productive. Uh, nobody can communicate well when those things are going on. And I, I very pointedly asked their agreement on these guidelines. So I'm not saying here are the rules. I'm mm. saying, could I get your agreement on this, on this, on this? Okay. And then I'll say, okay, here's the, here are the steps that we normally take. Is that okay? So I'm, as a mediator, I'm building, remember getting to yes? And yes, that's what I'm thinking. Like they're yes. all saying yes, yes. <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. Okay. So um, then the steps are first the facts. Each person states the facts of the situation from their own point of view uninterrupted. And I am a stickler about interruption. Anyway, let me, let me I'll, I'll move it along. So secondly, a chance to ask questions of each other and respond to what the other has said. This helps clarify the facts. Although, as I mentioned earlier, you don't have to agree on the facts to be able to agree on a resolution. Okay. So I don't spend time trying to make sure that they agree on oh, the facts. I see, interesting, right. They okay. listen and they understand, but that's it. Okay. Um, thirdly, to talk about their feelings about it. And every dispute has some underlying feelings underneath. I make it clear that it's not counseling or therapy. It's, it's revealing what the, what the underlying feelings are. Um, and I'll take them back. Okay, when this happened, how did, that, how did you feel about that? And then I bring them to the present moment. How do you feel about it now? Mm. And usually it's some sting has been taken out of it. And then once you've talked about the facts, 
you've questioned each other and replied about, responded to the facts, and you've talked about the feelings, then there's no other place to go other than resolution. So we talk about what each person can do or not do that would resolve the issue and keep similar things from happening again. Okay. It's usually, and then I brainstorm with them. I try to stay back and then, um, uh, and then usually it, it is resolved in a written agreement, an okay. informal agreement reduced to writing. And it depends on the nature of the dispute as to how formal that needs to be. Uh, if it's a court referred case, then that agreement is usually submitted to the court and approved by the court. And then it becomes uh, law, case hmm. law. Okay. It sounds so simple. <laughs> it, it really is. And <laughs> the beauty of it is that it's mostly the participants coming up with a resolution. Occasionally, I may hmm. make a suggestion, but it's not me as a mediator solving the problem. It's me providing yeah. a process that is incredibly successful. And, and I think you said rewarding. it's 95% successful. 95%. Right? Yeah. That's that's like phenomenal. Amazing. And it feels so good. In fact, beginning mediators get hooked into it because it, you know, it's it's like kumbaya time at the end. <laughs> that's you amazing. Know, and, and there are some <laughs> hugs and tears, and oh, wow. I'll even see their faces brighten and and compared to when up. they walked in the door. Yep. So it's oh. it's very rewarding. Oh, that's awesome. Everyone should end a meeting with a little hug and kumbaya. <laughs> Especially these days. Yeah, sure, exactly. the middle of the pandemic. Although we can't hug, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want to mention in this episode? You know, I can't really think of it. I think I think we've covered it. Yeah. Um, I, I love just, all your vast experience. And I think you're right that this is very applicable to the Thrive community and offers a great service, great benefit. I do wonder, um, and maybe we'll, we'll ask some guests, some future guests, um, what, what sort of disputes um, they see. And I, oh, think, I yeah. think somebody mentioned that there were the neighbor type types of things, noise mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. But I'd be curious to see if there's a, a need in existing communities. And uh, I, I know it will be for ours. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. If uh, you are interested in some Thrive Co-Living community swag, head, up, head on over to our website, thrivecolivingcommunities.org, right? I got it That's right. It. Okay. Yeah. And it's a uh, it is a mouthful. And we also have a GoFundMe campaign to help with our initial planning and architectural uh, designs. And also, uh, if if people will go to when they shop on Amazon, if they'll shop on smile.amazon.com, Amazon Smile, they can pick us as their as a charity and whatever they spend a small percentage goes to thrive or Fantastic. or other not-for-profits if they rather but do be aware that you yeah can do that. that's awesome and is that link on the homepage? it um 
It will sure. be by the time this is yes, published. Yes, absolutely. It's there. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> it's in our newsletter. And urge people Perfect. to sign up for our news newsletter. Uh, usually comes out weekly. And it yes. has all the podcasts. It's a push of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So go to the website and sign up for that. And be a member and do one of any number of things. <laughs> That's right. You have choices to different ways to support us. All right. That was a fantastic interview as um, always. And you did great double duty as a co-host and guest. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for leading. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Thrive Co-Living podcast and YouTube broadcast. To discover more about our mission, activities, and how to find us on social media, please check out our website at thrivecolivingcommunities.org. There you can also learn how you can support this creative vision in community co-living. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon.